We are a nation that is hostile to liberty and freedom and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every list. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. But soon we will have greatness again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot beat. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield ever, ever, ever. We will never give in. We will never give up. And we will never, ever back down. We will never let you down as long as we are confident and united. The tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. Good morning. President Trump has been informed at this hour that he has been indicted by a federal grand jury. Oh, Look at Joe Biden. Let's indict the motherfucker. Let's indict Great job, Hog. Love it. Video by the one and only Hogman. Who's in the chat? The Dilly Bean team. Gotta love it. Thanks for sending that over, Hogman. Early this morning. Good morning, everyone. It's hump day. Another great MAGA morning. I got the juices flowing. Ah. Good job. Good job, Hog. I love it. I love it. What's going on, everybody? Hit the thumbs up. A late night with James and Alan last night. I called into uh, Comet Ping Pong Pizza in D.C., and it got a 
employee on the phone <laughs> for four minutes asking him where the little kids are in the basement in reference to Pizzagate. <clears throat> and the guy actually spoke to me. There's a clip. Fuck fighting clipped it. It's on my Twitter. And actually, uh, I'll go back and watch the whole episode on the Rumble channel, We the People Radio. And I, the guy actually said to me, well, I want to know the truth, and I've looked for the room in the basement, and I can't find it. An actual employee of Comet Ping Pong Pizza. You know, the FBI, they're, they're, all, they're all looking into Pizzagate and the, the slang term pizza. I could not believe that the guy just did not hang up on me. He had a, he had a four-minute conversation with me. I mean, granted, I was completely trolling him. I told him my name is Joe Scarborough, and I'm from the Biden administration, and we just came back from Carter's funeral. We're all hungry from the flight on Air Force One. Barry Satoro and Big Mike Obama are here, and we're hungry. We want pizza. Do you have any little red ones, little redhead ones, little Asian ones? What do you got running around the basement? The guy told me, well, we're going to close in seven minutes. I said, but I have a $50,000 order. And then the guy was telling me, you know, he wants the truth also. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I could not believe that the guy actually stayed on the phone. <clears throat> Steve from England, you're going to want to order cigars after Christmas. You know what? You're going to contact me direct because the website won't ship overseas, but I'm sure I could figure something out and I can get them over to England for you on the side. Oh, in any case, that's right, the Discord. Make sure you're in the Discord. Throw that Discord link up there. I had a rough night. I did the show. We ended late. But uh, my, my daughter has like this stomach thing going on. And then she's supposed to go back to school today. And then all of a sudden it was like insomnia. And I was up until like 3.30 this morning with my kid. Just because she couldn't sleep. She, she wasn't even really feeling sick. So I knew that. It was, it, was, it was a train wreck this morning. In any case, here we are. And we got a bunch of stuff to go through. I got some fun stuff. And there are some things. Listen, when I when I do my shows, <clears throat> I know a lot of people that out there, they're doing shows and they're like, all right, we want to talk about the breaking news right away as it happens. And I'll do that on some stuff. But there are some stories, and it's gonna be like the, it's gonna be the last thing we talk about today. I'm just I'm just saying it in general, how I like to operate. I like to give things the 36 hour, sometimes 48 hour rule, like let the story play out because it's like, all right, I know there's going to be more to this and I don't want to jump the gun like everyone else does and say, look, look, what look, look, look what's going on. And it's just, I like to let the story cook and see what else comes out to see what party is going to be made look like an idiot or whatever it is. So that's just me. I like to do that. And I am, um, I'm struggling because I, I had like three sips of coffee. So I'm going to be drinking a lot of coffee during the show. Got it in my We the People radio white boy summer tumbler today. And we're going to be live today at 3 p.m. Eastern on LFA TV. That show's been going pretty great. Their live chat is uh, wild. A lot of people watching live over there. I can't even keep up with the live chat. I almost like that we have a smaller group here over there. It's like, oh, I, I, I see something. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. <clears throat> the meme work is always awesome. The meme smithing from Hogman and the whole Dilly meme team. Where did I see? Yeah, the, oh, that is, that's right. Someone else told me that's the Bongino rule. And, you know, I didn't know that because I, I don't watch Dan Bongino. I like him. I just, I, I don't really watch anybody because I don't have the time. But someone else said that when I mentioned that. So, oh, the Bongino rule. 
what does he say? 36 hours? Does he have like a time limit before he wants to talk about something? Dan Bongino? 100%. High taxes, no incentive. Are you new in the chat? If you are, welcome. Make sure you hit the thumbs up and you're following the channel. I just I haven't recognized your name. <clears throat> Fancy Mimi, you either. And did you say it was cold in Florida this morning? I saw Laura Loomer. She, she mentioned something about yesterday. It was chilly and she was happy about wearing some sweater. 24 to 36 hour rule. That's the Dan Bongino rule. All right. I guess great mind thinks alike. Because I, I had no idea. And it is also important not to let the mainstream news cycle dictate what we talk about. I agree. And I don't, I don't like to talk about what the mainstream media is, is talking about anyway, because most of the time they could be talking about the same thing, but most of the time they're, they're spewing bullshit about the same thing that we're actually trying to uh, discuss. Another hog man. That's right. You're a big Dan Bongino guy. I used to a long time ago when I had more time, me and my wife used to watch him religiously. I'm going back before I did my own show. And then, uh, you know, between shows and businesses and work, I just, and now I'm like, I'm completely out of my mind. I'm doing, I'm doing, it's good, 12 shows a week. And Tuesdays and Fridays going to be three shows a day. I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't think I am thinking. Whatever. I'm having fun. I don't care. I'm going to ride this in, until the wheels fall off. Freezing in Florida. What's freezing in Florida? She's going to come out and tell me 75 degrees. I'm going to throw out, throw up all over myself. 35 degrees in South Carolina, but it's not going to stay 35 degrees. It'll be 55 by lunch, right? Well, warmer, that's where I want to move, South Carolina. As long as there's no ice and snow, I'm all right. They want to distract us with aliens and what Melania was wearing at a funeral. Melania was standing next to a linebacker at the funeral, Big Mike. She's like six foot, six three, two twenty. She's she's huge. 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 Yeah, maybe I'll start watching him again. I just be used to it. Just not have the time. And you know what I used to watch too until I just, I used to like him. And then I, now I just, I see his nar narcissism and, and, and I don't want to hate him, but I can't help it. It's like, it's weird. I said it to my wife the other day. We started watching him and I'm like, why do I hate him so much? I'm talking about Steve Crowder. I used to like him, but, and not like love the guy. I liked when he had Dave Landau on the show and I found some of the show funny. Now it's like I feel like it's all forced comedy. He thinks he's this big stand-up comedian. He's not. He's a half-assed comedian. Give me a break. And now he's got these other comedians on because him and Dave, Dave Landau got rid you know, they, they parted ways. And now I feel like it's all forced funny. Like he must have a, a light for all of his cast members. Like you have to laugh every time Steve Crowder tells a bad joke. <laughs> Oh, it's supposed to get 60, 56 degrees in South Carolina. Anyway, I'm 12 minutes in and I'm talking about the weather down south, Dan Bongino, Steven Crowder, and all this other bullshit. And we got a bunch of stuff to get through. So I'm just going to start rolling through. Hit the thumbs up. Don't be a fed. Make sure you're sharing the, uh, share the link high and low with all your like-minded patriots. You know, all that good stuff. COVID misinformation. I agree. Crowder in small doses. Crowder is a wife beater. I mean, no, I'm not. All right. I won't go there. I won't be a misogynist today and make a bad off color joke about beating your wife. 
My wife doesn't get beat though because she makes a sandwich. She makes a kick-ass sandwich. So I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat my dishwasher. Oh my god, I did it. Sorry. <laughs> That's horrible. I can't I can't follow you anymore. You make wife beating jokes. <laughs> we can't all be that. We can't be that sensitive. I do like how I've heard that too about Bongino. He he's he kind of like threw the gloves off and he had he he like came to this, I guess maybe they'll call it an epiphany that he doesn't care if his audience gets offended about something he truly feels. Like, I don't know, is it is it is it am I tr- is it true that I'm saying um he doesn't care who he offends anymore and he he's speaking more freely, it seems. But I don't know. Laura Ann, you watch Bongino every day for the last four years. Laura Ann, four years from now, you're going to be in somebody's chat saying, I watch Alan Jacoby every day for the past four years. You're going to be able to say that one day. (laughs) Hogman, unsubscribed. You talked about beating women. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's what it was. Bongino told the Rhino listeners to hit the road. He gives zero fucks now. I like it. But see? I've always been like that. I just don't have his tremendous audience yet. Yet. You watch. One day. <laughs> oh, anyway. Let's see. I'm just looking at the chat before I dive into stuff. You guys are typing like crazy. And now he's unlimited time now. He got vaxxed. But did he get... Did Dan Bongino get... Did he get two shots? Did he get boosters? Or did he get... I know a lot of people that whatever it was, whichever one of the the clot shots where you had to get two of them, where a lot of people got the first one and then they started opening their eyes. They're like, that's it. I'm not getting the I'm not getting the second one. I'm not getting any boosties or anything like that. I mean, I hope not. <clears throat> that's right. We'll get there. It starts by sharing the goddamn show. So share the goddamn show so we can get big like Bongino. We gotta do it. Do I have a wife beater? <laughs> No, no, I don't have a wife beater T-shirt. No, I don't. Uh, no, I don't. Is that is that required? You need a, a wife beater tank top in order to beat your wife. Ah, <laughs> uh, they told me they they told him he couldn't get chemo unless he got the shots. Ugh, God. Oh, that's right. He had the cancer. That's right. Yeah, it sucks. Hopefully, it doesn't supercharge it you know what i mean so we'll see all right we got a bunch a bunch of stuff to get into some fun stuff some not so fun stuff and we'll see where the show takes us we may go a little long today but i think i want to cover everything that i have all right let's start here police beat the hell out of innocent j6 protesters and they face years in prison the left riots sues police for excessive force and wins millions, which is true because, well, in New York City, the uh, protesters sued New York City and settled for millions of dollars after they went and caused millions of dollars in damage. It's, it's, it's clown world. It's complete clown world. And what's crazy is, you know, the defunding of the police, that whole defund police movement during the summer of love, Black Lives Matter movement, whatever the hell you want to call it, you know, Democrats and and progressives, uh, uh, lawmakers, politicians, clowns, assholes, 
all defund the police. We have to dismantle the police. Uh, the the uh, brother fucker Ilhan Omar wants to just you know completely dismantle the uh, was it Minneapolis Police Department after the patriot saint of fentanyl died of an overto- overdose and they just tried they just tried murdering uh, Derek Chauvin in jail and didn't tell his mother about it. They all now when January sixth happened and they watched all these police officers beating American citizens and macing them unprovoked and shooting them with gas grenades and paintball guns. They love the cops. And they love the cops because they're beating Trump supporters. Where in their minds, they think we love the cops because they were running around beating black people in the streets. It's or, or shooting black men in their backs. Come on. And here they're literally built, beating and, and macing January 6th protesters. A new video from the January 6th protest was released this past weekend from inside the entrance of the U.S. Capitol. Capitol Hill police are seen ruthlessly beating an elderly man in footage from the Capitol riot at January 6th that was widely circulated across social media. The Capitol cops beat the hell out of innocent J6 protesters and the videos are finally coming out. The cops should be charged and the protesters should be freed. This is why the Uniparty didn't want the videos released. States the caption attached to a video of cops repeatedly striking and spraying a gray-haired man who appears trapped in a doorway between police and protesters. Guy has no idea where to go and he's getting maced and beat. The video of the cops beating the elderly man has been viewed 1.2 million times on Twitter at the time of the publication. The the Hodge twins, they black, they posted it on their Twitter and with with the capital, with the uh, the caption, the capital cops beat the hell out of the innocent J6 protesters and the videos are finally coming out. Uh, Same thing. And basically like, oh, you know, they put out another post that said, oh, well, the... This is the time where now the left loves the police. They they love them when they're doing this. I don't think there's any audio to the video. No, it's up. Look at this. So right there, if I'm going to rewind it a little bit. When I was a paramedic in the city, I carried one of these. And you see, it's not extended. But the cop, you see his arms swinging back and forth, hitting the guy on the side of the head with an expandable baton. And most of the time, they're 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 metal. They are all the time. They're metal, heavy metal. They extend out. But even when retracted and you're jabbing somebody with it, you could do some major damage. And it looks like this guy's getting hitting this gray haired man in the head. I'm going to start it over again. There's no sound. Just watch. He get now he gets hit. Now he's go. He's getting jabbed in the shoulder. That that hurts. And in the back. This guy and he's he. This guy doesn't even know who's yet. Now he's beating just mashing people. This guy's stuck. He's just stuck. The cops are hitting each other. He's got his hands up. And he's jabbing this guy in the side. He literally has his hands up. He, he He's stuck. And they're just beating him. These guys don't even know who they're beating. Yeah, some of them are carbon fiber as well. I had one of the old ones, the ASP batons, and it, it was it was metal. And so this guy has his hands up. Like, look, I don't know what to do. I'm stuck. Look at him with his hands up. Look, I don't know what to do. I'm stuck, and they're just beating him. 
I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. It, it, it's it's gut-wrenching to see these people have no weapons. They're not throwing anything at the cops. This guy, this guy, I mean, listen, I'm sure there are people there you're trying to take swings at cops and shit like that, and, and that's wrong. They're telling me these three cops right here can't see that this guy is stuck in the middle. What they should have done, now granted, there's no room for anything there. It's It's literally shoulder to shoulder. You can't move that guy. I mean, they could probably make a small hole and, and realize that this guy, this older man, is not a threat and grab him and bring him inside. So people, the other cops here that stop swinging on this dude. Those batons, man, they, 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 can, they can do some serious, serious damage. They really can. I've seen it. And it's, it's horrible. Here's a screenshot of a cop, and a lot of some people were making memes out of it. Spraying an older man with a red hat directly in the face while just standing a few feet away. Look at this. Let's see if we can make it bigger. Hold on. Someone made a meme out of it. Deep state and regime media. Americans trying to expose election fraud. It's actually pretty good. That guy looks like a grandfather. He's got to be in his, I don't know, maybe early 60s. He's got like the little white beard going glasses. He's got his little beanie on. And this guy, who... I see his insignia. He's a captain, looks like, in the Capitol Police. Maybe he's D.C. Metro. I can't really tell. And he's just there with his stupid bear mix. Look at the grin on his face. Look at it. Look at his, the grin on his face. Like, yeah, I got you. Look, like a half smile, half... <clears throat> fat, overweight police captain just spraying this old man in the face. And then another guy behind him standing there with a three-foot baton, riot stick. Just, just standing there with his hand on his hip. Yeah, spray him. He's obviously not a large mob of people behind this guy because that cop behind him is literally standing there holding his baton at rest with his fucking hand on his hip. Or oh, this guy's just getting mace. maced. It's just, it's disgusting. Footage of Capitol Police shoving an elderly woman down a set of stairs outside the U.S. Capitol on January 6th is also making the rounds. Uh, we, we've seen, I know I've seen this video. I think this video went around the, uh, a few days ago. I'm ashamed of you. I'm ashamed of you. Look at that. She was just standing there. She's, she's just standing there. She looked back and they pushed her. Is that mob advancing on the stairs and, and, and going after these guys? They're just standing there yelling and screaming. That's just, it's, it's really, it's really messed up. It is really, really messed up. I'm ashamed of you. Almost looked as if she's there with her handbag, American flag jacket on, like her hands full with stuff. 
she looked back at the crowd. She almost looked like she wanted to uh, ask the cops a question. And the guy just comes out and boom, palms are right down the stairs. Have you seen the fall of Minneapolis documentary about the true story behind Chauvin and the nightmare to follow? I don't think so, but I want to. Yeah, they really are a bunch of pieces of shit, what's going on here. And that's why it's it's important, that, you know, like I said, when we, we first started talking about the new footage, the, um, the Jan, the, there needs to be a new January 6th committee and every single cop that was working, every single cop that was assigned there and working needs to be brought in and deposed under oath and spoken about their duties, what their orders were that day, what they were told to do, what they did do, uh, police body cam footage, this. They need to ask every cop that was in this area, find out who was who was standing there. It's very easy to do when they start doing depositions and interviews and interrogations and find out who. why did you feel the need? Why did you think that that woman, that middle-aged to elderly woman, can't really tell how old she is. She's not a kid. She's not a rioter. What were you thinking at that moment that you had to push her down the concrete stairs? It's wild. It really is. Yeah, people still in jail where this footage is out. It is wild. And, and that's the problem. All right, great. You released the footage. Now release the political hostages. <clears throat> And here's the problem. You have people like that scumbag uh, Congressman Ken Buck, who's not running from Colorado, who's not running for office, who's now out there speaking about, well, if, you, if Republicans tell Americans the 2020 election was stolen, they're lying to Americans. If you have Republicans telling people that January 6th was a setup then you're lying to America and, and, and Americans. So I'm wondering if we'll see more of that. You're seeing it from, you're seeing it from the, the whole DeSantard camp now that you're, you're seeing is the 2020 election was not rigged or stolen or no irregularities. And they hate January 6ers. They won't even speak about that. And when they, or they'll, they'll milk toast speak about it and not really mean it. I mean, Ron DeSantis will do absolutely nothing for January 6ers. He's pretty much made that clear and he will not speak about it. And none of his surrogates will speak about it <clears throat> or attend events about it. No due process denied. Owen Troy is supposed to get out, I think, December 18th. He gets out. There's still there's still a lot more footage coming. <clears throat> I mean, let's hope that maybe some appeals will come out on some of these cases and a lot of the footage will be used. Oh, here's, here's another disturbing one. This this is another disturbing photo. Oh, hold on. I just lost it. I don't know what happened here. Why is this doing this to me? Oh, here we go. Look at this. This guy's another older guy. Definitely father age. Maybe grandfather age. 
at least in his 50s, at least maybe mid to upper 50s, right? This guy's got his hands up. Like, help me. He's red in the face. No weapons. And look at the bear can, the, the, the bear mace or whatever, riot mace, whatever you want to call it. Just spraying in his face. <sighs> it's really, it's, it's just, you look at it, and it just, it just makes you question everything. No, I, I, I think the people that, I mean, if you're going to say that, then millions of people, I mean, look at the crowds there or at hundreds of thousands of people. No, they didn't think it was a, a fed trap. They went there to a rally and there were permitted sanctioned, the permitted rallies where permits were given. No, they had no idea. They had no idea. And you can't, you can't blame, you can't turn, you can't be a, a, a couch quarterback now and say, I can't believe all those people went there and didn't realize it was a Fed trap because it, no one was even thinking that. And I'm sorry, and I'll, I'll call it out now, and you can get pissed off if you want. You can disagree with me. Most people wouldn't even think anything like this would happen when they were going there to attend a rally and a protest about the results of an election. We could look back and say it like, oh, if, you know, hindsight's at 2020 or whatever the, the, the stupid term is. No one thought, no one would have any thought that things like this would happen. And it did. The insurrection, the unarmed insurrection. And the narrative was perfect for them. It was perfect. I'm not, I'm not saying it wasn't a Fed trap. I'm saying that they knew that this event was happening and it was an excuse for them to turn it into an event that will work for their narrative to get rid of Donald Trump and MAGA supporters. 100%. 100%. And we just got to hope that people are going to be held accountable at some point down the road. We know we know it's not going to be overnight. And, and unfortunately, we don't know if it's going to happen ever. But we can demand things to happen. We can at least try, not just sit back and say, well, you, you, you should have thought about this, you should have thought about that. And that's why, again, we have Congress doing ridiculous things when we're just sitting around watching it happen, and again, I, I, you know, throughout the week, I must leave 30, 40 messages to various members of Congress or speak to their staffers asking about, my new thing is asking about if there's going to be a new January 6th committee. I have emails I send out. I just keep hitting the send button 100 times here, 100 times there while I'm sitting on my couch. How many other people are doing that? I mean, right now, how many of you have made at least two phone calls to whether it's your member of Congress or a member of Congress demanding a new January 6th committee be formed to investigate the new footage, to investigate every, to speak to and interrogate and, and 
uh, depose every police officer that attended, every custodian that was working in the building, everybody, every news reporter that was in the building, everybody. How many people have said they've done that? Or I, I could be doing it more. <clears> ha, <throat> ah, the Weather Channel, Channel just sent out a post-COVID virus surge. Cases of the strain have tripled over the last two weeks. What you need to know. Yeah. Buy more guns. <laughs> and this is horrible. It's, uh... Anyone who wants to get to the bottom of January 6th must focus on the key moment, the precise time the typical protests escalated into the most investigated demonstration in FBI history. From a defense attorney, Stephen Metcalf told the Gateway Pundit, days after Proud Boys were found guilty of seditious conspiracy, people that weren't, weren't even in D.C. Come on. This is crucial because this is where... What everybody is saying about January 6th being a setup and a Fed surrection actually matters, but nobody is pinpointing the precise time, he said. Everyone is saying there's FBI agents in the crowd, there's CHSs in the crowd, they're blah, 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 blah. I'll tell you exactly where shit went crazy. It went crazy at the precise time when the protesters were all standing in the West Side Terrace, and then shots started going off and people started getting hit in the faces cheeks literally exploding in the audience there were a couple of agitators in the crowd don't get me wrong but what it took a whole different level is people being shot in the face with rubber bullets that's where people who were angry got even angrier and rightfully so No, I don't think anyone, no, I, and it's not a hard question. And it's not, you don't have to be, it's not a disrespectful question. No, no, Trump had no idea or clue that it was going to turn into a Fed trap when he was there at a rally and they were protesting. Nobody could possibly know that. Nobody, including you. And please, again, no disrespect. But on January 6th, or January 5th, when you when we heard about this rally, nobody said, oh, this is going to be a setup. Nobody. I know a lot of people that went there who were actually federal law enforcement and Trump supporters who went there to watch him speak. And then there was a vibe in the crowd after it when they were telling people on how they, like the Ray Epps, and, and Ray Epps wasn't the only one, our problems at the Capitol, we have to go to the Capitol. And two, two buddies of mine, they were together, said, I don't like this. I think we should get out of here. And they got out of here, and they, they, they drove like seven hours to get there, and they went. <clears throat> no one expected, yeah, the, the, the Pelosi plan set up. Nobody expected it. It's just... We have to deal with what happened now. I'm tired of talking about what people should have thought. It happened. What happens now? What are we going to do now? Here, three years later, the tapes are being released. Little by little, the tapes are being released. What are we going to do with them now? Are we going to sit here and talk about, hey, everybody should have realized this was going to be a Fed setup. Nobody realized it. It happened. What are we doing now? 
So in, instead of, and I get it. The paranoid schizo right, I like it. I, <laughs> I like that. Now is the time to start calling for action and getting on the phones and making phone lines melt. We want another investigation. Because if, if some members of the Republican Party can get on that committee, which we know, I mean, we, we're running the House right now, maybe we can get some more information and then a little bit more after that. But now people are just kind of like, all right, well, we, we knew it was a setup. All right, so what are we going to do about it? 100% paranoid and right now is synonymous with logically processing because now more than ever, everyone should have that paranoid schizo chip in their head. Every, everything. Some people have it for other reasons, but for those that never did, January 6th should be a good indication. If there was a large-scale protest called about something, no, I'm not going to attend because I know I would be targeted. There are other things I can do than stand in a crowd and chant. There are so many things people can do than stand in a crowd and chant. We have to overwhelm them. I'm, I'm sorry, but take, take 100,000 people that want to show up and listen to Donald Trump speak, and those same 100,000 people are so passionate about members of Congress doing something, then those 100,000 people should be demanding it from them and not allowing any phone calls to come through their phone lines other than what we're looking for. And that's a type of protest that could yield results. If they can't conduct normal business because we're clogging their phone lines and emails where they have to scroll pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of emails just so they can figure out where the takeout menu is that they get emailed to them daily. That's going to garner attention. But no, no, nobody wants to, to take the time to do it because they're not being seen doing it. That's the big thing. I mean, let's face it. A lot of people out there just want to be seen at a rally and see other people and take photos. That's all bullshit. Flag waivers in a parking lot. It's great. Patriotism is great. I love it. Everyone should be doing it. But there's more to, there's more to do. There's more to do in the comfort of your own home. Like work at home. You know those work at home jobs and those work at home programs? Protest from home. Send out 20 emails a day. Make 20 phone calls a day. 30 minutes of your time. An hour of your time. Yeah, our founders would be stacking bodies right now, but guess what? Nobody's out there stacking bodies, and it's not going to happen. If we're not going to start being real to ourselves, then we, we're going to have a big, big, big problem. Big problem. 
Nearly 1,200 pro- Americans who protested on January 6th are being prosecuted by the DOJ, the Biden regime, and Chris Ray's FBI. And they continue to expand its J6 probe. They're looking to arrest more people. Over 150 January 6th defendants have been held in pretrial detention. Demonstrators who walk through the Capitol building would face misdemeaning trespassing charges punishable by up to a year in prison before and after January 6th, but J6ers who peacefully stroll through the building are resoundingly charged with 1512 obstruction of an official proceeding punishable by a 20-year prison sentence and designated as terrorists within the Bureau of Prisons. If you have January 6th next to your name, they're going to designate you a terrorist within the Bureau of Prisons. They're going to put you in solitary confinement, what they'll call suicide watch. They're going to treat you as such. To increase prison sentence for wrong think, the government made examples of the leaders of the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers with charges of seditious conspiracy. They don't want anyone forming organizations like the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers. They don't want anybody joining organizations like the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers. They want you scared to be leadership of such organizations. They want the organizations to collapse, disintegrate, and disband out of fear. Former Proud Boys leader Enrique Torrio serving a 22-year sentence after the government persuaded an Antifa-supporting jury he conspired to overthrow the U.S. government even though Tario was not in D.C. on January 6th. His co-defendants were also handed the highest sentences to date for merely trespassing in the building and committing no violent crimes. 18 years for Ethan Nordine, 17 years for Joe Biggs, 15 years for Zachary Real, and 10 years for Dominic Pizzola. Murderers are being handed lighter sentences than January 6th, political hostages. Meanwhile, the so-called racial justice demonstrators are being awarded millions of dollars after getting arrested during their protests where they destroyed property, torched historic buildings, and attempted to storm the White House. In September, New York City agreed to pay at least $35 million to settle allegations of police misconduct and civil rights violations by police against people protesting the 2020 death of George Floyd, including $10 million for protesters who were kettled during a a demonstration in the South Bronx. More than 600 people have reportedly brought individual claims against the city, many of which are still pending. New York City is paying their protesters, paying the people that destroyed monuments and buildings and hurt people, paying them millions of dollars. In April 2022, a federal jury awarded $14 million to 12 Denver racial justice activists who sued police for hitting them with pepper balls and a bag filled with lead during the 2020 Floyd demonstrations. The jury found police use excessive force against protesters, violating their constitutional rights. Excuse me. In April of 2021, the city of Washington reached a $1.6 million settlement in two lawsuits that included excessive force on protesters and allegations of arrests without cause during the inauguration of former President Donald Trump in January of 2017. The American Civil Liberties Union of the, of the District of Columbia, representing the plaintiffs, warned in a statement about this 
the settlement that the police engaged in or supervised constitutional violations, including mass arrests of demonstrators without probable cause, unlawful conditions, or confinement for detainees, and or use of excessive force. Everything that they've done on January 6th, and people are rotting in jail, and people are going to prison for 15, 18, 20 years, and they will continue to go, even after all of this footage is coming to light, how feds attacked, how feds provoked, how feds incited, how feds led. They instigated the Black Lives Matter Antifa and these racial and social justice warriors are all becoming millionaires. Yeah, you write and we'll pay you. Not only will George Soros pay you to be a, a paid actor there and riot and damage things, but then you can sue the city that you did it in and settle for millions of dollars. Look at this. This is when they were trying to storm the White House. Hey, look at this guy. Abolish the police. I bet that guy holding the abolish the police sign is now praising the police for beating the shit out of Trump supporters and shooting them in the cheek with pepper uh, guns. Where are the lawsuits filed on behalf of the January 6th protesters? The ones who were injured by rubber bullets, flashbang grenades, sharpnel, tear gas. All on January 6th, they're mercifully beaten by police, that old man. How many protesters had to make their way from the protest to the emergency room? In May of 2020, Secret Service agents rushed President Donald Trump to a White House bunker as hundreds of Democrat-sanctioned social justice warriors gathered outside the executive mansion throwing rocks and tugging at police barricades. Despite sparking one of the highest alerts on the White House, the worldwide headquarters of the U.S. military and the nation since September 11th attacks in 2001, none of the left-wing rioters were sentenced to decades in prison for endangering the president. None of them went to jail. They just did it to, to recently, the pro-Palestinian rioters. They damaged the entrance to the White House with all red paint, literally trying to pull the gates open, Secret Service just pushing them off the gates. Why was no one shot in the face? Why was no one arrested? Why is geo-tracking not track these people down on the FBI, slammed, crashed into their doors saying, why were you trying to break into the White House? Were you trying to overthrow the government and kidnap the president? It just goes on and on and on. In any other area, you'd expect lawyers to be lining up and wanting to take the case, but here's here there's a there's a there's a chronic shortage of lawyers willing to do the work on January 6th. It's a matter of time, money and effort. When lawyers are defending these people, who were injured by police during the protest, they are faced with the urgent problem of the defendant being sentenced to jail or prison. Also, the lawyers don't want to take January 6th cases because they're afraid that they're going to lose business. It's going to destroy their careers. And there are some good lawyers that are still doing the January 6th work, which is great. It's, It's a lot of money. It's that, just again, the two-tiered justice system, the two-tiered, all systems. January 6th, you're an insurrectionist. You deserve to be in jail or shot in the face. 
or shot with tear gas or rubber bullets or get beaten and go to the emergency room. But if you burn down a city in the name of racial and social justice, you can sue for getting hurt, being unlawfully detained, being marginalized in your community, and you can get paid millions of dollars. And whether it's, whatever the reason, you know, it's, you're fighting to expose voter fraud, then you have to be prepared for the regime and the system to fight back even harder. And they will. But we have to not stop exposing and telling the truth when it comes to the corruption in the Biden regime, the corruption deep within his administration, and all these federal agencies. You have to keep doing it. Yeah, they sued. They all filed. A lot of these places, they just they, they got these lawyers. Hey, we're going to file a class action suit. We're going to file this. We're going to file that in the name of you were assaulted by police. You were wrongfully detained. You were hurt. And the, and the city was like, just, just pay them. Just pay them. They don't want to pay to litigate it. Just pay them. New York City, yeah, at least $35 million. <clears throat> they have money on Chauvin's head in prison. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. They, fi- they filed the case because the city bent the knee. They saw the sign. They bent the knee. Now let's file the lawsuits and they will pay us. And they were right. And they got paid. They got paid bigly. And they got emboldened to do it again. Because now there are people out there that want to riot because there's a precedent set. They know they will get paid. If they position themselves right and somebody gets it on tape, on video, I just said tape like I'm 70 years old, on video, they will get paid. That's the name of the game. It is the same thing like committing insurance fraud when you're looking for that car, that nice car to jump in front of and maybe get your leg broken like it hit you so you can get a payout or going to the local subway station or train station and falling down the stairs and suing the transit authority because you know it'll be a quick payout. That's what protesting has become. They're just looking for their moment that they're going to have a payout. Go to the tape. I broke my hip. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, they always have the pallets of bricks ready to go. When I was in D.C. for Trump's inauguration the the day before, and I was walking to uh, from my hotel, we had to go to the Department of General Services building to meet with Secret Service and everything for the inauguration because I I was involved in part of it. And – there's a there's a photo of of a of a limousine that was floating around that was set on fire, and I actually was watching it burn the night before. But the next day, I was walking past it, and it was just there on the side of the street, set on fire. Uh, businesses boarded up, or uh, just broken windows. They hadn't had a chance to board it up yet, and there were pallets of bricks. Shit, you not, and you've seen this all over. But I saw it with my own eyes. I saw a couple pallets of bricks, and then I saw a pallets of like decorative rock, like twice the size of a softball. 
that are e- can easily be thrown. Like they got at a garden center. And all the wire that was wrapped in them was all, all opened up. The plastic around them was all opened up, and a lot of them were missing. And it's amazing how many places you saw that. Well, where did these pallets of bricks come from? Uh, and what's wrong with being 70? I'm like, nothing's wrong with being 70. I said, I sounded like it. I said, go to the tape, not the video. <laughs> uh, at 55, I pull muscles just getting out of bed. Yeah, you got to hydrate. <laughs> we got to cut out the carbs and the sugar. Then you'll stop aching in the morning. It's true. All right. Literally, I spent an 45 minutes. You guys had me 15 minutes talking about Dan Bongino and shit. An hour into the show, and I literally got through the the first story I wanted to get through. And you people, you people distract me so much. You know what? Before I move forward, let's just do it. Let's watch the best cigar commercial of all time. When he salutes the flag, the flag salutes back. When he questions the outcome of an election, the DOJ indicts itself. When he sneezes, people say, God bless America. Cuba imports cigars from him. He is the most patriotic man in America. I don't always smoke cigars, but when I do, I smoke Patriots. Stay MAGA, my friends. Mm, My favorite. Can I get one of those? No, Bill. We all know what you like to do with cigars. Patriot Cigars, a premium smoke for freedom-loving Patriots. The Patriot Cigar Company's story started with Alan Jacoby's love of cigars and love of America. There's no better way to celebrate the freedoms we cherish than smoking a premium Patriot cigar. Whether it's TNTs, Moabs, Hellfires, or Mark 48 torpedoes, all Patriot cigars are handmade and blended with 100% long filler premium Nicaraguan tobacco to bring you the smoothest smoking experience imaginable. Patriot cigars are enjoyed by many of MAGA's finest. Do yourselves a favor and order some today. God bless America, and God bless Patriot cigars. You know where to go, mypatriotcigars.com for the best cigars around. And yes, until December 1st, it may get extended, but at least until December 1st, you can use promo code turkey for 40% off and that has been uh, a very popular code obviously 40% off a lot of people are uh, jumping on that I think we had like there was like 60 orders went out yesterday so people are happy about and the holidays are coming a lot of people are buying for holidays so mypatriotcigars.com promo code turkey 40% off free shipping on orders over 100 bucks so get over there and get it done so if we think it's bad enough that cities are paying social and racial justice warriors millions of dollars for burning your cities down in you know unbelievable frivolous civil lawsuits well the Biden regime is spending 451 billion dollars a year to pay for illegal alien and asylum seeker benefits. Hmm, that's interesting. $451 billion a year. Where is all this money coming from? 
Fox Business Network reporter Madison Allworth released a shocking figure this week on the cost of illegal aliens on an annual basis. It's very short, but here she is just speaking about it. Like it's, yeah, you know, this is the number. Stuart, we have new numbers, a new report from the U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security Majority. They say the price tag per year is $451 billion. That is both for the housing and care of the asylum seekers as well as those known Godaways. Hmm. $451 billion. And that's from the House Committee on Homeland Security. That's the official number. According to the House Committee on Homeland Security, the massive cost to house and take care of illegal aliens and so-called asylum seekers inside the U.S., inside our country that we allow to break our laws to come here illegally, $451 billion to take care of them, housing, meals, and everything else that they get. Imagine if we spent $451 billion on battling hunger of American citizens, homelessness of American citizens and veterans. Imagine what we could do with that $451 billion, but instead we're spending it on people that invaded our country. I'd like to know that too. Where is all of this money coming from? It's wild. Representative Mike Azell a Republican from, I guess, is that Miss, Mississippi or Missouri? I don't know. I don't know all my state. Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying. I just had a Joe Biden, Biden moment. <laughs> Abbreviations. There you go. Wow. So this representative recently authored an op-ed for Town Hall on the financial costs affecting law enforcement and the first responders as a direct result of the unprecedented border crisis. This op-ed follows the release of the House Committee on Homeland Security's Phase 4 interim report pursuant to the committee's oversight investigation into how the policies of Department of Homeland Security, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, and President Joe Biden have created and maintained the worst border crisis in American history. The report documents how the skyrocketing dollar costs of the border crisis could exceed $451 billion per year with law enforcement shouldering a major new financial burden. The crisis caused by the Biden administration's reckless open border policies has burdened Americans across this country. No matter how far from the border they live, every state has now become a border state. How long have we been saying that? I've been crying and screaming that everywhere. Every state is a border state. It's not just Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, California. No. Every state is a border state. They're sending them everywhere, especially to a red city near you because they want to get asylum for 12 to 30 million of them in the hopes that maybe they can have them voting by 2028. From Yuma County, Arizona, Jackson County, Mississippi, and all the way to New York City, the costs of this disaster come in many forms. With more than 40 years of law enforcement experience under my belt, this is this representative. I know the crisis does not just affect a community. It affects the dedicated men and women tasked with defending it. Cops can't protect you if they're out locking up illegal aliens for committing petty crimes in your community or major crimes in your community like murder and rape, which they're doing. They're too busy. They're too busy. 
the unprecedented flood of more than 6 million illegal aliens across the southwest border. It's more than that. We know that. Since Joe Biden and Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas took office, who should be impeached, has stretched many law enforcement agencies to their breaking points. The never-ending chaos makes it harder for them to successfully protect and serve at a time when many police and sheriff's departments are already facing a retention crisis. Nobody wants to be cops. Nobody wants to be sheriffs. They're overwhelmed. They're spread thin. No one's coming to save you. Go buy a gun. Go buy and learn how to use a gun. During my eight years as a sheriff of Jackson County, I saw the physical, emotional, and psychological toll that this career can take on individual officers. Those difficulties are magnified when local law enforcement is forced to bear the costs of a national crisis. Instead of focusing on their communities, officers find themselves forced to spend valuable time and resources dealing with the ripple effects of the open border, going after illegal aliens, targeting the communities they're charged with serving and protecting. The Biden Mayorka strategy isn't working, and it's undermining the morale and the homeland security mission of law enforcement across the country. And not for nothing, it is undermining the morale of the average American. We're tired of it. Yeah, it's funny you say that, Pepperoni. I had a conversation with someone a long time ago, right around, it was actually during the summer of love. There was another fellow podcaster, a friend of mine. He doesn't have a show anymore. But um, we were talking about how the overwhelming of police departments and allowing people to retire and, no, and, and the retention where nobody wants to be cops anymore. The pay is bad. The work is bad. You don't know if you're going to go to work and get shot in the head or you're going to do your job and lose your house and your family because you were sued or put in prison where they'd love to phase out local police departments, local weak police departments in some communities, and maybe either have them taken over by state police or a federal a, a federal police. So imagine it got so bad and they were able to successfully overwhelm every local police department with illegal aliens and crimes and decriminalizing, you know, things from shoplifting up to a thousand dollars or drugs and you know, fan the the drug rage even more with more fentanyl being brought into the country to the point where just our law enforcement is rendered useless. And then boom, they can come in with their one giant federally branded police force for every state in the country. It sounds like something out of a movie because it is something out of a movie. It sounds like something very conspiratorial because it has been branded to us as a giant conspiracy theory. But the more and more we look at these conspiracy theories, they they start to become conspiracy truths. Just unfortunately, there aren't enough people that are really looking at it that way. But that is a good point. You know? Oh, we're going to get to that story too, the whole Kansas City Chiefs kid. That's why I held on to the story for at least a day. Yeah, you're speaking about it in the chat, and that's exactly what we're going to go through. So $451 billion a year so that we can pay for illegals. Where is that money coming from? Whose budgets are being cut? And what what are we doing? Because... Between the money we're going to give to Ukraine and the money we gave to Ukraine, the money going to Israel, 
you know, at some point we're probably going to start funneling money into Taiwan. Where's all this money coming from? How, how can we just survive as a country? So I tell people don't become a cop all the time. All the time. Nothing to apologize for. I'm glad you said it. Yeah, that's one of the... I wasn't going to cover it, actually, until last night. The whole... You know what? We're going to do that next. We're going to do that next. I had it last, but I'm going to jump because we were talking about it in the chat. I wasn't going to do anything with this Kansas City Chiefs kid with the blackface because I hate those stories. I just do. It's like, all right, here we go again because it's so just hypocritical anyway and i'm gonna we're gonna show how it's hypocritical because of all of these left-leaning assholes who've all done it from was it uh was it jimmy fallon or to and 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 justin trudeau and and howard stern and, and we're gonna get there and we're gonna go there we're gonna get all fucking offensive we're all gonna get racist this morning it's it's such bullshit you know so I heard that cops in my area aren't really doing much of traffic violations because they have so much other shit to deal with. I want to test it, but don't. <laughs> Not by me. We have a whole, I mean, the area by me, we have uh, dedicated uh, units for just traffic enforcement, and they, they, gra they grab people all day long, and they're on my cars for, for speeding or whatever it is. Say if I get pulled over and be like, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm an illegal alien. You got to let me go. Where are you from? It's just alien land. Does it really matter where the fuck I'm from? I'm illegal, damn it. Now give me my piece of the $451 billion a year and I'll see myself out. All right, let's jump to, let's just jump to that story because you know what? I don't care. Uh, where, where do I want to start? I want to start here. Let's start... With the original, because this story kind of took a, it was, it's like this whole story is a timeline. And it just shows, of course, the deviant side yet again of mainstream media and left-leaning biased media who just want to gaslight everybody and say everybody's racist. Everybody who's not black as night is racist. All whites are racist. We hate black people, blah, blah, blah. We hate Native Americans. We hate Hispanics. We hate this. We hate that. Asian hate, Jew hate. Oh, my God. There's so much hate. So Deadspin, a writer from that rig, Deadspin, smears innocent child, accuses him of wearing blackface with the deceptive photo, right? Oh, look, that white kid is in blackface with a headdress. I like it. Paging Nick Sandman's lawyers. This kid, this, these parents should be paid millions already, and I hope they sue. But they'll, they'll fight that. They'll fight that hard. Sports news site Deadspin smeared an innocent child who attended Sunday's Kansas City versus Las Vegas game by posting a deceptive photo of only one side of his face. The little boy who looks to be only 10 years old attended a Kansas City Chiefs game with the team's colors, black and red, painted on his face. And here's a side-by-side. -side. What the media wants you to see and what reality is. And how many times have we seen this? We saw it with that video where they had the, the boot on the kid's neck and then they showed the real photo and literally it wasn't even a, a leg in, 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 in the boot. Imagine trying to purposely ruin a child's life with a hit piece that is intentionally misleading. 
Deadspin. The NFL needs to speak out against the Kansas City Chiefs fan in blackface. The Kansas City Chiefs fan. The kid. I'm going to show this photo, but I'm not going to show this photo. But I like how Community Notes grabbed it on Twitter. Blackface is the use of dark makeup to mimic and exaggerate the features of black people in order to ridicule them. This fan's face is painted red and black to support the Kansas City Chiefs. Face paint is popular practice in the NFL games, and it's not related to blackface. This pissed me off, too, because now this kid has to go under this scrutiny. I'm hoping he has, you know, for a kid to dress like that in public, he's probably based as fuck. And, like, I'm hoping that he's not emotional and worried to go out in public and worried about getting bullied in school because... He has been identified. The parents did speak out. This is the this is the dead spin article. The NFL needs to speak out against the Kansas City Chiefs fan in blackface and their native headdress. It takes a lot to disrespect two groups of people at once. But on Sunday afternoon in Las Vegas, a Kansas City Chiefs fan found a way to hate black people and Native Americans at the same time. Wow. The Chiefs fan is totally having a normal one. Look, and they all went crazy. They all went crazy over it. The image of a Chiefs fan in blackface wearing a native headdress during a road game leads to many so uh, unanswered questions. No, it doesn't. You should just actually do your fucking job and either not report on it because there's no story here, but you made it a story. There's absolutely no story here, but you made it a story, and now you have to fucking eat it because it's now it's a good story. Why did the camera person give this fan the attention? Why did the producer allow that camera angle to be aired at all? Is that fan a kid, teenager, or a young child? Really? Despite their age, who taught that person that they were wear what they were wearing was appropriate? The answers to all those questions lead back to the NFL. While it isn't the league's responsibility to stop racism and hate from being taught in the home, because that's what's happened with this kid. His, his parents taught him to hate blacks and Native Americans. They are a league that has relentlessly participated in prejudice. If the NFL had outlawed the chop at Chiefs games and had been more aggressive in changing the team's name, then we wouldn't be here. Jesus Christ. There's no place for a franchise to be called the Chiefs in a league that's already eradicated Redskins. Fuck you. Look, blackface. Blackface. Look at this. Is the, I'm hoping that this family sues Deadspin until they are fucking pissing blood unbelievable and this is what the media does time and time again they do it with photos they do it with speeches they do it everywhere it's crazy was it you went on that said they just want to make us miserable and take everything sacred from us to do it i mean I might have said it. It's true. They literally want to ruin everything for Americans. They and I'm not a sports guy. I'm not. But they, so they didn't ruin sports for me. But they ruined sports for a lot of people. 
with the taking of the knee, the political messaging, the Black Lives Matter, the I can't breathe, and cause now, they want to cause a divide in every institution, whether it's sport, professional sports, whether it's colleges, financial institutions, schools, whatever the fuck it is, organizations, there has to be a divide. There has to be the good side and the bad side, and the bad side is the good side, and the good side is the bad side. Depending on who you talk to, they have to destroy every institution. Every institution. And they're, and they're succeeding, but it's stories like this that have to be then shoved back in their faces. It says, look what you're doing. And then it has to be made an example of. They'll never stop doing it, but we have to call them out every single time and then show them the hypocritical bullshit like this. Those three liberal fucks are in blackface. Ted Danson. That actually is not in the top hat. That's not Howard Stern. That's actually Ted Danson. Ted Danson did it also. Howard Stern did it as well. Jimmy Kimmel as a black basketball player and Justin Trudeau at whatever the hell he's supposed to be in blackface. Dead's been trying to destroy a little kid's life because he painted his face the colors of the Kansas City Chiefs. This kid's not in blackface. These three racist liberal fucks are in blackface. You know, he didn't wear blackface, this kid. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs should offer this kid free tickets to the next game. They should give him, they should give his family season tickets. There you go. We're going to make this up for you. Season tickets. And then have a game specifically where every fan, they get a prize if they come to the game dressed. You don't even have to wear a headdress. You just have to paint your face black and red. You have to paint your face just like this kid. And like how baseball games do, oh, it's bat day. It's it's hat day. It's whatever day. Make it a day and give it to them. You want to know something? We mentioned Howard Stern because Howard Stern did it too. Let's get really offensive, people. Let's have Let's have some fun for about four minutes. Howard Stern, who openly called Donald Trump a racist, who went from this cool disc jockey, DJ, talk show host, whatever you want to call him, to this sick progressive liberal where everything is racist. But it was okay when he was a young disc jockey and, you know, uh, with, with Robin and to make race jokes. It was okay. But now everything is racist. Donald Trump is racist. Republicans are racist. And then you have this bit of comedy. Saves nine inches. Our next pair of judges couldn't be with us in the studio tonight. They're celebrating the new year from a secret location. Here they are, Hollywood's oddest couple, Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg, via satellite transmission. Well, how are you doing, uh, Missy Robin Quiver? 
You know, Robin Whoopi is a whole lot prettier after you drunk a couple of bottles of this here more liquor. <laughs> Drink on, honey. With every sip, you get better and better, baby. Your snatch smell like a kingfish. <laughs> oh. I didn't write that. <laughs> Ted, I must say that I can't believe you're still in blackface after the Friars Roast controversy. Oh, hush up. I hate blackface. I just can't get this shit off. <laughs> Besides, Whoopi done wrote everything I'm gonna say here tonight, so it's all right. Ain't that right, you smelly nigga? <laughs> I didn't write that. Well, you is a smelly nigga. <laughs> I got some more jokes this for you to be a party there. You're not tired of this. And don't be racially offended, cause Whoopi done wrote them for me, okay? Here go we go. Go ahead. Black hole. Black hole. You're gonna love this. Saluda. <laughs> What do I love most about the Whoopi? Oh, yeah. Hey. Such a great timing. Hey, Robin, what does you call a black rocket scientist? I don't know, Dad. A nigga. No. Whoopi wrote it, Whoopi no. wrote it. Hey, did you no. happen to notice this? No, what this is that? This here is my mother, Mama Dancing. <laughs> Why, she done working blackface, too. She must be very proud. Yeah. No, I know you really love me, Ted. You the man. Uh, I tell you, you know, you the man. <laughs> What done happened to Sherman's career? <laughs> it's really over the end. I want you to give us a kiss, you smelly coghead coon. I love May you. May I say something yeah. here? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can say whatever you want, you smelly nigga. Oh. <laughs> Whoopi wrote that. That's it, Ted. You didn't know I was going to say that. Whoopi had no chance to write it. I don't accept that kind of language. You can call her whatever you want, but you don't talk to me that way or I'll leave. Well, don't let the door hit you on your big black ass, mama, on the way out of here. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Now, Whoopi, you is a filthy nigga. <laughs> I didn't write that. Well, you is a smelly nigga, so what's the difference? Look, you two, yeah. don't you think you're going to ruin your career this way? No, no, no. What's wrong with you? This here routine is showing people that we is not afraid to confront our racial stereotypes. Look at here. Blackface. Off-color comedy. Remember when it wasn't offensive? Remember when this wasn't considered racist and... That audience you hear laughing, that live studio audience, right, which is probably predominantly white. I'm sure there's some black people in it laughing. There's some people in the audience, should I be laughing at this? Nah, it's comedy. Blazing Saddles. So many others. This is still allowed on YouTube, by the way. This is a YouTube clip. I'm playing it from YouTube right now. I'm not allowed on YouTube to talk about elections. Well, now you can. They changed the uh, the rules on that. Medical in, 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 information. I can't talk bad about Dr. Fauci. One of my, one of my uh, September episodes, audio only, that automatically posts to my old YouTube channel. Got a strike six days ago. I checked it last night. Medical misinformation is when Elon Musk exposed Dr. Fauci, and I spoke about it, and they gave that a strike. This doesn't get a strike. This is allowed to be on there to get millions of views and get monetized. This is on YouTube. I'm playing this from YouTube. Here, YouTube. Here it is. <laughs> this is okay. I'm not allowed on YouTube. Dan Bongino is not allowed on YouTube. Steven Crowder has gotten more strikes than most on YouTube. Alex Jones is not allowed on YouTube. Roger Stone is not allowed on YouTube. 
you know, 12 years ago, this was posted 12 years ago and just, <laughs> I think it's actually posted a black guy owns his channel. Classic old school genius Howard Stern. No limits, out of control, funny. Ted Danson and Whoopi. I laugh at shit like this. Comedy. Comedy, but this, uh, this offends people. Yeah, it's funny. Now, when the audio version of this episode goes up later, the audio podcast, it'll automatically get uploaded onto that YouTube channel that gave me a strike about for the Elon and Fauci thing. They'll review this and they'll hear that part and they'll they'll ban they'll remove the episode, my episode, because of that. That's YouTube content. Yeah. It's uh very, very interesting. Very interesting. Blackface. Look at these fucking clowns. I wanted nothing to do with this story when I first saw it. And then last night, it actually happened when I was on, on the, the show last night. But something popped up on my screen and then it got me like looking into it. And then after the show, I looked into it more. And then I was like, wow. But then the, the kicker was this morning when I woke up and I would now last night I had planned on showing this and playing that YouTube video. And, and actually, because of when I found this uh, particular picture of Ted Danson dressed in blackface and then Howard Stern dressed in blackface, mimicking Ted Danson dressed in blackface and then Justin Trudeau and Jimmy Kimmel. I said, wait a minute, Howard Stern has that clip out there. And I know it's on YouTube because that is where I, saw, I, I originally saw it. And sure as shit, I just, boom, Howard Stern. And uh, it popped right up. I was like, wow, it's still on YouTube. I can't believe it. We got to play that tomorrow. Make, make the feels really uncomfortable. Just get that real uncomfortable feeling. And you shouldn't be uncomfortable because it's comedy. But today, they want you to have that m moral high road feeling of, oh, my God, that is so offensive. I cannot believe he said that. Give me a break. The best part of this whole thing, best part of this whole fucking story was when I saw this this morning. The young Kansas City Chiefs fan Deadspin tried to cancel over false blackface and racism accusations is actually Native American. And, and you could not ask for a better ending to... The story. You, you, you can't. You cannot ask for a better ending. Hold on one second. So, the kid's Native American. It turns out the young boy Holden Armenta is his name. Oh, there's a picture of him with his family at another game. He's not in blackface this time. He's not in black and red face. There he is with his family. Nice young family. Look at them. Being dragged through the mud. They have to sue. They have to sue. They have to. We need them to sue. Turns out the young boy, 
Holden Armenta is actually from a Native American family, and his grandfather sits on the board of the Chamash tribe in Santa Nez. Probably not even saying that right. Could you imagine this child is actually Native American? New footage from the game shows young Holden leading the tomahawk chop with black players from the Chiefs joining in and applauding with enthusiasm. Look at him. Look at this little racist. Look at those blacks in blackface. This is disgusting. They're loving this kid. Those racist sons of bitches. <laughs> His grandfather's like some chief in a real native tribe. <laughs> even the even the players in blackface were joining them. The black players in blackface. They're racist too for doing the job. Those fucking racists. Those black players in blackface. They should be ashamed of themselves. The Deadspin article not only falsely accused the boy of anti-black racism, but anti-native racism. It takes a lot to disrespect two groups of people at once. But after the article's release and viral response that followed, young Holden's mother took to Facebook to slam the woke media and reveal Holden's indigenous identity. I great, I love it. This has nothing to do with the NFL. Also, CBS showed him multiple times, and this is the photo people chose to blast to create division. He is Native American, Shannon Armenta posted his mother. Holden's grandfather, Raul, serves in the Chamash Band's government. The social media account Real Kansas City Chiefs fan posted during Sunday's broadcast, Holden Armenta from California, a native that belonged to the Chamash tribe. His dad is on the Chamash tribe board. Everyone is making a massive deal out of this, only trying to show one side of his face to push their racist, their racism's narrative. He later corrected that, in fact, it was his grandfather, not his dad on the board, which is, is whatever. The kid's native. <laughs> the kid's native American. Oh, my God. This is what happens when you ban books, stand against critical race theory, and try to erase centuries of hate. You give further generations the ammunition they need to evolve and recreate racism better than ever the dead spin article stated so because you ban books about boys blowing each other and killing cops stand against critical race theory which is you know oh i'm black and you're white i'm the oppressed you're the oppressor look at me i'm a little slave and no one's trying to erase centuries of hate no everybody learns about slavery we just want to erase your lies that America is this big, bad, racist place, which you're implanting in young people's minds and why they don't want to serve in the military or do anything to help this country and why in, in 20 years we probably won't even be a fucking country anymore because of critical race theory and all this bullshit. The hit piece's author, Karen J. Phillips, and that's a, isn't that a guy with the name Karen like that? Did I hear that it's a guy? Wait, hold on. Did it say? The hit piece author, the hit piece's author, Karen J. Phillips, whose social media boasts of being an awarded, award-winning writer and Pulitzer nominee, faced backlash for targeting the young fan, but doubled down on his criticism yesterday. 
Many social media users pointed out that the young person was not in blackface at all, but actually had his face painted red and black. The revelation that the boy is Native American has only served to intensify the criticism of Deadspin and its woke writer. Deadspin needs to be served with a lawsuit. Get Salmon's lawyer on this immediately. Phillips tweeted on Monday, for the idiots in my mentions who are treating this as some harmless act because the other side of his face was painted red, I can make the argument that it makes it even worse. Y'all, y'all are the ones who hate Mexicans but wear sombreros on Cinco. Oh, my God. He's a guy. Holy shit. Is he a black guy or is he just a guy? Is he a black guy or is he just a guy? Did I just say that? Is he a black guy or a white guy? He doubled down. Phillips disabled replies on his ex post as the people kept speaking out in defense of the kid. I got ratioed hard. The post-millennials own Libby Emmons weighed in saying this man Ruins the life of some poor kid for the crime of wearing face paint at a football game, and he really thinks he's the good guy. Uh, libs of TikTok. Why is Deadspin Karen J. Phillips trying to ruin this little kid's life? Oh, look. Oh, he has his Twitter. Let's see. Why did it? Why did it just do that? Hold on a second. It did that to me before. I clicked on something and automatically opened that up. Here we go. Holy shit! He is a black guy. Come on. Senior writer Deadspin, Pulitzer nominee, 20 and 19, uh, some fucking blowjob award winner, journalist of the year, blah, 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 Shadow League, Daily News. This guy's got this guy's got some Twitter bio. Should be impressed to 10,500 followers. What? What? Come on. Oh, he's a he's a Trump hater. I love it. Wow. Let's see if we could find it. Let's, let's go through his Twitter. I'm 17 hours ago. Nothing on this yet. Did he delete everything that has to do with this? November 28th. I'm literally scrolling his Twitter right now to see. Uh, no response. I don't see anything about this story. And I'm now the 27th. Let's go a little more. When did this actually happen? I mean, am I going crazy or is his Twitter feed scrubbed of this story because he realized he really fucked up? Yeah, I'm at the 25th already. I'm, I think I'm way past this actually taking place, right? Wow. <laughs> he's a writer not a journalist anyone can write 100 percent. he has a serious twitter bio though i'm a i'm a little i'm i'm a little impressed <laughs> no no i'm not i can't and you know what the, you know what how this ended up this is great too this is this really this really really this really puts uh the cherry on top Look at this Chad kid, this Native American with his headdress and his black and red painted face with the Los Angeles Raiders cheerleaders. The opposing team, right? 
I'm not a football fan. He's a Kansas City guy. Look at this. And two of them are black. Oh, we'll take pictures with you, honey child. Oh, look at them. All up in there. This is great. How quick... It, this became like a feel-good story because it really, really highlighted the evil of, of mainstream media, of racially charged writers, not journalists. And, and he deleted it from Twitter, quietly deleted it. I'm sure blocked a lot of people. Or he has it just hidden somehow if you can do that. I wonder if he actually still thinks that he was right in all of this. Or I wonder if someone at Deadspin told him, you got, you got to delete it. You got to act like this didn't. This blew up. And I don't know anything about Deadspin or the people that own it or the people that are involved in it. I'd imagine there are a lot of people like him. I mean, are they going to tell him, yeah, you can't, you can't write for us for a while or ever. <laughs> Could, this, this kid fared well. And I think it just goes to note how important it is to keep exposing the lies and keep telling the truth at every point whenever we can, because this happens in the media every day. And thank God for the investigative journalists and for the other smaller decentralized media outlets that work hard to expose all of this, because it is... It's important. It's important. But they, you know, they go after their own too. Here, I'll end with this. This is quick. This is another post-millennial story. First of all, I didn't even know there's another Hunger Games movie that came out. I didn't even know that. Red Pill Flight Plug. Oh, he, he blocked, this guy blocked you? I tweeted at him. I tweeted at him that I was under his bed. <laughs> With my face paint and my supremacy waiting, always waiting, and he blocked you. Oh, that's great. But now it's gone. What's refreshing about the story is that normies are fighting back and say, go get fucked. We aren't taking it no more. I love it. I love it. We got to keep, we have to keep bullying and shaming them. And that's why I've said it in the past, and I'll always say it, and I'll say it again. Make bullying and shaming great again especially with our lawmakers. Their name says it all, dead spin. I think that guy's career should be dead on arrival. But look at this, they eat each other. Far-left activists cancel Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon, he's, come on, the guy's a cuck. He's, a, he's garbage. He's, he's, he's one of their own. Recalling trans woman, Bud. This is how far we've fallen. This is how far we've fallen. Hunter Schaefer is a biological male who has been cast to play a female character in the latest Hunger Games. I didn't know there was another Hunger Games. I like those movies. I'm going to have to watch it, even though they have a tranny in it. Late night TV host Jimmy Fallon came under fire for calling trans actor Hunter Schaefer Bud during an interview on his show. Schaefer, a trans actor who plays the female role, Tigress Snow, in the latest Hunger Games installment, was on the show to talk about the film. Fallon was, Fallon was reacting to a photo in which Schaefer had dressed as a resident of the Capitol, the city in the Hunger Games, as a teen. Now, Schaefer is living the dream by getting to play a resident of Capitol 
in the new film. Let's just go to the, it's, it's a minute. This is what they're going crazy over. And it's their, one of their own that said it. And they're like, oh, we got to cancel him. Oh, well, I mean, for Halloween, I, I was obsessed with how the Capitol people were in costumes. Jesus and I made Christ. my own costume. What? Oh, God. This is unbelievable. This is really cool. Yeah, I think now I was, you're in Hunger Games. I know, as a capital, as a capital person. person. It's crazy. It's really, it's it, yeah. That's crazy. a tranny. Look at you. Yeah. Congratulations, bud. Come on. Congratulations, <laughs> bud. Not too far. Off. That's all Not he bad. said. Yeah. Uh, tell me who you played. Tell me who you played. Uh, wait, wait. Where do you want me to go? I think we. I can't. I can't watch the rest of this. It's stupid. Congratulations, bud. Congratulations, bud. And they're going crazy. Hold on, let's bring... Fans took issue with the use of the term bud. So did Pink News. A user who identified as trans on X said it was gross of Fallon to call Schaefer bud. Bud is gender neutral. A slight minority of people might say it in a gender neutral way, but you obviously know it's used exclusively for men most of the time. Even Hunter isn't bothered. It's still gross and telling of how Fallon views trans women. I view trans women as fucking men because that's what they are. Another trans-identified user on the platform said, as if I didn't have reason enough to hate Fallon, he takes this opportunity to show that he doesn't see Hunter as the beautiful, immaculate queen sitting before him. It's a chick with a dick, you moron. The average girl loves fall. Oh, and has a tranny flag. The transgester flag in her fucking name. To my cis readers, I hope you don't see this as an overreaction. Bud Buddy is unquestionably male-coded. Male-coded pronouns, Bud Buddy. Your pronouns are mentally ill. Fallon has also addressed women with terms that could more accurately be used to describe men. He called Ariana Grande pal and referred to Jennifer Lawrence as dude and man. I call my wife bro sometimes. Schaefer transitioned after experiencing gender dysphoria, mental illness, as a young teenager. Since becoming an actor, Schaefer has been outspoken about the need for representation so that more trans characters are seen in entertainment. She just wants to be another rich Dylan Digvaney. Schaefer said it was magic to see a trans person on screen. If you want to see trans people on screen, go to Pornhub because that's all you're good for. You should not be in mainstream film and entertainment. You're a sick fucking freak. That's what you people are. You're mentally ill. Stay away from our kids and stop instilling in kids' minds that it is okay to go and mutilate yourself and replace your pole for a hole because it's not. You're sick people. You're sick people. Transphobe. Don't care. It's magic when you haven't seen someone like you on the screen your whole life. And then all of a sudden, there it is, another fucking freak. Stop it. Just stop it. And Bud, you're right. Bud didn't look offended. Bud did not look offended. Bud is the name of the son on Married with Children. I love that show. Bud. All right, bud. <laughs> bud. I'm going to leave it there. I get, there was some stuff I didn't get to, but it's okay. I'm going to be live today. 
LFA TV, 3 p.m. Eastern. It's hump day, people, in this great MAGA week. Put your headdresses on. Get your favorite face paint. Enjoy. Enjoy life. Enjoy, enjoy the day. Yeah, I think there are some people that might want to watch it on Pornhub. The, the other sick people. Dare I say it? Enjoy your frosted face flakes, as AP Unfiltered just said in the chat. Join me today, 3 p.m. Eastern, over on LFA TV. Rumble.com slash LFA TV. There's a lot of good shows over there. A lot of cool people. I'm having a good time. I'm in, I'm in a chat with them all day. The producers are great. It's fun. We're going to do a cool show over there, an hour, 3 p.m. Eastern. I'll be back tomorrow, Thursday, 8 a.m. Eastern. And uh, hit, hit the thumbs up, hit the like, follow on Rumble, tell your friends, please, if you have any kind of social media, take the link, post it on there, tell them about the show. And that's that. Enjoy the rest of the day. As always, MAGA Hat stays on. I'll see you later. When he salutes the flag, the flag salutes back. When he questions the outcome of an election, the DOJ indicts itself. When he sneezes, people say, God bless America. Cuba imports cigars from him. He is the most patriotic man in America. I don't always smoke cigars, but when I do, I smoke Patriots. Stay MAGA, my friends. Mm, my favorite. Can I get one of those? No, Bill. We all know what you like to do with cigars. Patriot Cigars. A premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. The Patriot Cigar Company's story started with Alan Jacoby's love of cigars and love of America. There's no better way to celebrate the freedoms we cherish than smoking a premium Patriot cigar. Whether it's TNTs, Moabs, Hellfires, or Mark 48 torpedoes, all Patriot cigars are handmade and blended with 100% Long Filler Premium Nicaraguan Tobacco to bring you the smoothest smoking experience imaginable. Patriot cigars are enjoyed by many of MAGA's finest. Do yourselves a favor and order some today. God bless America, and God bless Patriot cigars.